You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got uh, a great show for you today. Of course, we'll be going open line uh, later on in the program, taking your calls and questions. Uh, we'll also be talking with the people at Twitter about Periscope. Uh, it's an app uh, that we've been using here on the radio program for the past few weeks to actually uh, live stream video of us doing the show, which has been uh, kind of cool off of our iPhones. For the longest time, the only way to listen to the show was through the radio. But now with this new technology, you can actually, it's like being in studio with us at the same time. It's actually quite awesome. It is quite awesome. And the the cool thing is you get to see what happens during the commercial breaks because we always have like very random conversations (laughs) (laughs) and uh, geeky conversations. Yeah, so uh, we'll be finding out a little more about uh, Periscope and how it's doing and maybe some tips and tricks uh, as well, which Mm -hmm. will be kind of cool. We'll also, uh, in the show here, uh, be talking about how to build uh, iPhone apps. Which is very, very handy. If you have a great idea yeah. and you know how to build an app, you could be... Uh, the world is your oyster. Well, you within a year, you can get like a great app, get bought out by someone like a Facebook or a Twitter, and then you're retired. Then we don't have to do the show anymore. I know. I've had a lot of good ideas, but I don't know how to build an app. Well, we're going to find out uh, what's involved in uh, making that all uh, happen. So a lot of uh, interesting stuff in the tech news uh, this week here, uh, Andy. Uh, YouTube, uh, and this is kind of interesting, uh, they're launching uh, a new uh, service called YouTube Newswire uh, where they're going to be verifying um, eyewitness videos. So I didn't know this, but over 5 million hours of news video is watched on YouTube every single day. Well, just think about it, Mike. Everybody is walking around with a smartphone. So they have access to an HD camera at all times. And we've seen this happen on so many different news stories, especially in the States with the recent police brutality where somebody catches a police officer doing something and their statement is completely different from what this eyewitness had. Yeah, because they've got video footage. Because they have video. And video, if pictures are a thousand words, a video was like a million words because we've seen a lot of things happen. Suddenly that video gets caught by all the traditional news outlets everybody is seeing it cbc everybody but what what this is a great move because this allows them to verify all these videos and they're going to create basically a team to teach about how do you verify it the ethics around these kind of videos and um and then make it available to news organizations and everybody else because people are recording videos in certain events and you need a system to be able to handle all that Yes, yeah, uh, interesting to see how YouTube uh, continues to evolve. You know, everything's going streaming now, uh, which has been uh, fascinating to watch. You know, for me because I've been doing television for a number of years since the '90s, and that whole world has just been turned upside down. Now we've got all these streaming services uh, making content, uh, commissioning content, including YouTube uh, as well. And it was interesting. Uh, we're actually shooting uh, segments for our TV show this week, and. Um, you were actually building a uh, a little streaming box yourself, a little Raspberry Pi. Yes. With software on it that allows you to stream anything you can possibly imagine. Yes. I actually brought it in studio. So uh, if you're watching us on Periscope during the commercial break, I'll show you what it is. We basically did a how-to video from start to finish for a $50 computer called the Raspberry Pi 2. And basically step-by-step step, how you can turn that into a streaming player to get all this amazing content that's online in a very simple interface. And it's something it's a I cool know. interface. It's very, very cool. And yeah. it's so easy to use. And I was showing you yesterday just how easy it is to find great content online. We're talking millions of videos 
at your fingertips and uh, right on your big screen TV on your big screen TV for a fifty dollar little computer and a, about fifteen minutes of uh, of work you can get it up and running and it's actually my Father's Day gift from my dad tomorrow so that's why it's been uh, up. Is he and, listening to the radio show? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so, but uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but he's got a nice gift tomorrow. Yeah. When I oh, show him how it works. That. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it's like a um like a Roku box on steroids. Absolutely. Yeah. It it and it's just that's just one thing you can do. There's so many different things you could do with these computers. So, it's really turned my geek level to a whole new level now and uh having fun. Like the last time I did this was I was like 12 years old, so it's great. It's great fun with these Raspberry Pi 2 streaming boxes. Uh, another interesting thing here, uh, they're saying because of the use of uh, the surging use of smartphones, um, these devices, you know, our iPhones or Android phones, are, are becoming the new way that we are getting news. And it's causing some challenges for a lot of the news providers out there uh, because people are getting their news through, like, Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know how everyone always posts, like, articles and stuff through the Facebook feed? And, you know, I'm guilty of this, too. I'm clicking on those things all the time. And people aren't going directly to the sites like New York Times or uh, CBC or, or wherever or Globe and Mail. Well, that's the thing, Mike. Um, ever since the Internet came onto the scene, people have been consuming news on the Internet. But traditionally, what people did, they would bookmark like, the New York Times or CBC or yeah. Vancouver Sun, the Calgary Herald. And every morning, you would, you would click on that website and you would read the news. That's changed. Everybody is getting their news on Twitter on Facebook, and on other social media, but they're not going to that traditional site. That affects the ads around this news. And what a lot of these websites are doing is they're doing sponsored content and news at the same time. And for the view, or for the, the reader, sometimes it's hard to tell what is news and what is sponsored. Yeah. And so they lose a lot of credibility on that side as well. So the whole game is changing, and I don't really know how we're going to monetize the news in the future. Well, I mean, it's the same with our television show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very difficult to monetize it on the online platform. You know, for years, the whole television production side where we're making our TV show uh, was based on licensing fees. You know, the TV stations would give us money for the TV show and, you know, hallelujah. But that's gone. That's but gone. We- so we're trying to put all our content online, which we do, but we make a fraction of the money. You know, just, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, um, you know, we get about a million views a month way more than we do on our TV you know, programs now, mm-hmm. uh, on traditional TV. And for those million views, we get a little slice of advertising revenue from you know, the YouTubes and America Onlines and that. I think we, we get about $1,500 a month. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> I know that you know, might sound like a bit of money, but it's not. When I've got like 15 people putting the show together, um, it's, it's not. And not only that, traditionally what we used to do is we would package the TV show and then we would break those segments up and put them online. Yeah. Now we film these segments, put them online, and then later take the best and make the TV show out of it. Yeah. So the whole way that we're kind of producing content, we're almost online first because we know that's where the future is. And that's where the eyeballs are these days, especially on mobile devices. Well, it's just been turned completely upside down. And you know, for the news uh, providers, um, that's tricky, right? Because... Also, not only are people getting their news, I think four out of ten people through social media like Facebook, um, a lot of people are using ad blockers as well, mm-hmm. which further hurts the news providers because everyone wants everything for free. They want it free and they don't want distractions because no. there's a couple of websites where you would go to it and then you'd see these things kind of pop up on the sides. Yeah. So they put these ad blockers. Well, that doesn't help them make money. No. 
And a lot of a lot of people have traditional apps like the Global Mail app or the CBC app on their phone. I think it's like one out of every four, but only like a third of those actually use it on a weekly basis. They just yeah. get their news from Twitter or Facebook. And that's why Facebook made that deal recently with like the New York Times to have their content go on Facebook first. Yeah, it's it's tricky though, right? Because, you know, I go through my news feed and I get sucked in. People are posting, reposting articles from different uh, publications, but there's a lot of crap up there as well, yes. right? You know, my cat uh, ran over... Uh, my dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these kind of fake news articles yeah. or just really poorly uh, written articles or just ones that have not been... Not to mention the clickbait. Like, the you won't believe what happens next oh kind God, of... God, I hate those. I know, and it's so much noise. But they make money. They do, because yeah, they get people, the clicks. Because people click on it. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking uh, with someone who can uh, help us understand how difficult or how easy it is to make iPhone apps. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar, my co-host. Lots of great stuff still uh, to talk about in today's show. We will be uh, having one of the uh, folks on from Twitter after the next break talking about Periscope and uh, how you can uh, start streaming your own uh, live events or whatever you want to stream. It's uh, actually uh, quite easy and a lot of fun if you've got uh, an iPhone uh, or Android phone and the uh, app to do it. Well, I get a lot of people uh, always asking me, how can I make an iPhone app? How easy is it? How hard is it? Where would I even go to to learn how to do that? On the line right now, we've uh, got our friend Karam Varani. He's the Chief Education Officer over at Lighthouse Labs. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, apps are uh, kind of the uh, the big economy happening uh, now. Uh, you know, iPhones, there's hundreds of millions of these things out there, including the iPads. Uh, like I was saying, I always have people asking me, how do I make an iPhone app? How, how difficult is it? That's a great question. Uh, we get asked that all the time by uh, prospect students who, try to, who uh, enroll for our program. It's, you know, it's, it's a matter of putting in the, the time and the effort. It's not a lot of math like a lot of people think. It's, it's, you can think of building software as, as a craft. So there's a lot of practice that goes into it and repetition and understanding the concepts. And it's, it's about having the right mentors as well. But uh, our program, for example, is eight weeks long, and students come out and are actually able to build apps not only during the program but after the program right away. So if that says anything, you know, it's it's uh, it's quite mind blowing how quickly you can uh, get an app uh, in the store. Are we seeing a lot of developers out of Canada making uh, iPhone apps, successful ones, for that matter? Absolutely, absolutely. There's some amazing uh, companies in Vancouver, in Toronto, in Montreal that are that are either startups or established companies that are building apps. Um, you have companies like Hootsuite, for example, that's massive out in Vancouver. And, you know, they basically work with social media uh, companies like Twitter and Facebook and make it really easy for businesses. And they started off as a very, very simple app. And, uh, you know, they, they're actually uh, great partners of Lighthouse Labs in that they have, um, they've hired from us. They even have uh, teachers or they have developers that actually teach at Lighthouse Labs. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, uh, there's a massive uh, developer community, both in Vancouver and Toronto and different parts of Canada. And we're actually... You know, at the focal point of that in Vancouver. 
to, to make, you know, once you start learning it, to make like a successful app, I mean, do you have to, you know, work for a, a big company, you know, with a huge team making these things? Or, you know, do we still see people kind of these lone guys making their own apps and, and being successful? Well, iOS is actually very unique that way. Um, it, you know, where on the web side, uh, building the actual back end, as you say, uh, the web web applications, the websites, there's usually larger teams. With iOS, um, it, it's, it's smaller teams, sometimes even individuals, either as contractors or freelancers, that are hired by companies to build apps. So startups, of course, have, you know, a few developers, a couple, but I've seen big companies, really, really large companies have, you know, five or, or fewer uh, mobile developers. And, you know, you, you've got these boot camps going there. Uh, what kind of knowledge do you have to have going into it to, to be successful? I mean, our admissions process isn't, you know, isn't exactly uh, easy, but at the same time, we're also open to people who have not coded professionally before or even had any kind of formal education in it. Uh, we've had uh, various different students from various different backgrounds, be it finance or business or anything like that. And uh, it is an eight-week program, so we can't start with the very, very basics right off the, uh, right off the bat. So what we do is we have a prep course. That's about 40 to 50 hours of self-study that uh, our students take before they start the program. They have to submit a little bit of work to show that they've learned on their own because, it, you know, you are learning at a, at a very professional pace and it's quite intense. So while you don't really need a lot of coding background to come in, um, you know, being able to absorb information in a, in a rapid manner is definitely something that helps. Karam, what's the average age of your students? Are you seeing students coming out of university or maybe mature students who are looking for a new career? Uh, it's actually a pretty wide range. Um, I'd say the average is between 25 to 35. So they're generally career changers who are, uh, who've gone into, maybe they've taken a post-secondary education and they've decided that they want to actually learn more about software and, and become software developers. So yes, you do learn to code in the program, but it's really about changing your career and becoming a professional developer. That said, we've had students as young as 13 years and um, up, uh, upwards of 60, 70 years of age. It's interesting, Mike. I always thought that they should start teaching coding like really early in like elementary and high school because it's such a great tangible skill to get you a job in the workplace today. And uh, so the, uh, the eight weeks, um, do they actually develop their own app going through this process? Absolutely. Um, they're actually building small little apps at the very, very beginning, toy apps, if you will, in the first few weeks. Um, about midway through the actual program, they're building apps together. Uh, so two or three people get together and build an app for a midterm project and demo it uh, to their fellow students and teachers. And then they also have a final project that they build, which is their own idea. Uh, and they you know, demo it not only to the students and teachers, but they actually um, demo it to the entire community in, in Vancouver. So other developers, uh, hiring partners come in to, to actually see the app being showcased. Um, and, and it's great to see, you know, it's a great hiring process for companies uh, in Vancouver, which is really cool. And, and what kind of language is this or what, what kind of toolkit are they using to make this? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So Apple um, uses something called Objective-C, and they have their own sort of software development kit um, that you have to kind of install on your Mac. And, um, but that whole thing is kind of going through a state of flux where you have Objective-C, which has been around you know, since the early days of the iPhone, um, but there's also a big shift towards Swift, a new programming language that uh, Apple has released. And so we have both languages being covered in our program because, yes, it's true that there's a lot of Objective-C software out there um, that 
our students, our alumni kind of inherit and, and work on as they, you know, find employment. But at the same time, new apps are often being built with a new language. So there's a kind of a shift going on in the industry. And can they do this on like a PC or a Mac? Uh, for uh, Apple specific, for iOS specifically, it's um, it's a Mac. Uh, our web program, which is about building the websites and web apps, that um, uses HTML and CSS and JavaScript languages that are used to build websites. That can be done on either. Fantastic uh, program there. Where can people get more information about uh, how it all works? So I guess to give a quick summary, it's basically a full-time, eight-week-long, intensive, hands-on program where you basically learn at a professional pace. Uh, it's about 70 hours a week, so it's pretty, pretty intense. Wow. Um, more information on lighthouselabs.ca. Thanks uh, so much for joining us, uh, and good luck with that program. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. That was uh, Karam Varani. He's the Chief Education Officer over at Lighthouse Labs. We've talked with those folks a few times. I really uh, like what they're doing over there with uh, the different uh, programs they've got going becoming a web developer, or in this case here, uh, an app developer. Especially if you're trying to like have a career change, and maybe you've always had this great idea for an app, two months, and you can start building that app. I think that's amazing. But 70 hours a week, so you know yeah, that that's... Yeah, you've got to be dedicated. You've got to be dedicated. But you know, the cool thing is, too, apparently, um, you know, if you're a, a business owner and, and you don't want to learn how to make apps, you can actually... Uh, engage these students once they get out of the program as well. Mm -hmm. You can kind of look and and see what kind of apps they developed and say, you know what, I like the way you think and I like the way you build the apps. Why don't you uh, come work with me? Uh, I don't have the exact cost here, but if uh, they go to the website, uh, lighthouselabs.ca, there's lots of information there. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking with the folks over at Twitter about Periscope, which we're doing right now. We're live streaming uh, our radio show here, video streaming, uh, that's at Get Connected Now. It's a Twitter handle. If you do a search for that, you'll uh, be able to find us. And if you've got the app on your Android or uh, your iPhone or iPad, you'll be able to see us live stream or up on the web as well. You're listening to Get Connect. You're listening to Get Connected. Brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. One day before Father's Day, have you got him his tech gift yet? Dads love tech. I'll tell you that. I I do too. <laughs> in case anyone wants to know back at home. we still got uh, lots of great stuff to talk about. In a little while, we'll be going uh, open line, taking your tech calls and questions. The prize, Andy. This week, we're giving away... We actually mentioned this prize last week, but it didn't go up on our website in time, so we're going to do it again this week. We're giving away a Roku 3 and a one-year subscription to Netflix. So that is you, awesome. You and your dad can binge... On or marathon, as Netflix likes to call it, uh, on your favorite TV shows. Orange is the New Black has just launched. Uh, Sense8, Sense8, another new yeah. uh, Netflix show just there. came out. All you have to do is go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com, and hit on the contest tab that's on the left side to enter and win the Roku 3 and one-year subscription to Netflix. Well, the world is changing as far as uh, how we're getting information and broadcasting uh, you know, in the past, if we wanted to see some live event, you'd have to uh, rely on like the news organizations mm-hmm. with their their cameras and satellite uplinks. Well, now you can be your own little news guy, you know, essentially with your smartphone. I mean, smartphones have got the HD cameras built in. Twitter has launched uh, a new uh, app called Periscope, something that we've been using on the radio show here to uh, actually video live stream uh, our program. Uh, we're at Get Connected now. But on the line, we've uh, got uh, Christopher Doyle. He's the Director of Media Partnerships over at Twitter Canada. Thanks for uh, joining us uh, today, Christopher. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How are you doing? 
Grace, this is a, a fantastic opportunity for you to actually watch what we look like. <laughs> We're actually very good looking. Yes. In our minds. <laughs> so tell us, uh, tell us about Periscope. This is a fairly new thing uh, for uh, a Twitter. Why did you guys get into it? You know, it's, it's a great question, and I think that, you know, uh, what we love about Twitter, why you know, people are so excited about it, quite frankly, especially here in Canada, is that, you know, kind of the four key pillars of it, right? It's live, it's public, it's really well distributed, and it's conversational. If you take all those things, what's great and what people love about Twitter, and I have to say, you know, Periscope is all of that, almost on steroids, right? So it's a live uh, streaming video app um, where you know, we're finding that it's just incredibly powerful for people to share their experiences with others. And I think the amazing thing is, as you just said off the top, is that you can broadcast live from wherever you are using your phone. And whether it's, you know, witnessing daughter's first steps or it could be a newsworthy event, um, you know, Periscope offers this opportunity to have an audience and this power of a shared experience. So you guys know using it that people can interact with the broadcaster. And how powerful is that, right? Like you can actually, we've seen this, you know, choose your own adventure element come through where uh, people are, you know, asking the broadcaster to ask, you know, asking them questions or asking them to do certain things throughout the broadcast. So incredibly interactive, uh, incredibly live. And I think, too, what we found is that, um, you know, the way that people are interacting with, with the app, with the broadcast, with tapping on it to show, uh, show the heart has also been really popular and a great, even further kind of social engagement. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I like it because it's crazy easy to use. I mean, you basically yeah. download the app, obviously put in your Twitter information, and uh, you are, like, good to go. You just hit start broadcasting, and you are live streaming, mm-hmm. which is kind of uh, a, a cool thing. Um, but, you know, how many, you know, obviously, uh, you know, regular folks like us are embracing it. Are, are any of the big brands embracing it as well? I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, after it launched in, or in the end of March, um, we had the first 10 days, we had a million users. So incredible take up uh, right out, out of the gate. I think we have seen brands using it in some really interesting ways. I think, again, it gives them, as you said, the simplicity of being able to um, broadcast live from events, right? Um, so I know that, you know, right out of the gate, uh, the CFL was actually a partner of ours that used it. You know, they had an event, the CFL Combine. Uh, with, um, you know, they're testing the abilities of, uh, the new players coming into the league. And they took the Periscope, I think it was only a day old. And, um, you know, here you were able to see the competition that, you know, otherwise you probably wouldn't have seen. So I think, um, there's a tremendous opportunity for brands as well. I think also to give like an alternate perspective of an event. Um, so again, it has this really personal nature of it. And some of the best practices, I guess, we've seen, you know, it's only a couple months old, but we have seen a few things. And one of the things we've seen is it's great for behind the scenes, right? And then it's also great for a Q&A. So if you're launching a product or you have a new launch, it's great to give people, again, this personal connection to it in this, in this live video. It's interesting. I, you know, I've seen you know, some comments online, uh, you know, some uh, content makers uh, or even sports uh, organizations are concerned because it's uh, stealing their, their content. Like, how would you address that? I think that, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, the terms of service on Periscope are the exact same as terms of service on Twitter. And, um, you know, if you don't have the rights to something, you shouldn't be broadcasting it. Um, I think that there's a takedown process in, in, in place. So we certainly work with our partners and respect their rights. Um, you know, I, I do think that in many ways for events that, you know, haven't been aired or perhaps, you know, like if it's a sporting event in a pregame or a postgame situation, um, it's a tremendously powerful complementary tool. You know, we saw like the uh, Golden State Warriors, Harrison Barnes, after games, he's doing a live Q&A on Periscope. After the game you just watched, you're able to interact and ask questions with the player. 
so I think it's yeah, I think the opportunities are really limitless. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there. You know, um, you know, I know there were some artists that didn't like that people could actually film their entire concert, but you know, I was at the U two concert uh, recently here in Vancouver, and tons of people were periscoping, yeah. and it was actually kind of cool because it just brought that experience. Uh, you know, to you know, thousands of more people, and I think that would probably in turn help, like you know, a band like you two get even more exposure to it. And it's not like this is like high definition, you know, crazy, uh, you know, quality vid- quality video. I mean, these are just like little, you know, short bursts of, uh, of of video, just to kind of bring you know your friends in, basically. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Like we like to say, you know, it, it gives you a chance to uh, to teleport, right? So it gives you a new set of eyes and ears, and you can travel the world anywhere. I mean, you can go around the world instantly and, and see it through someone else's eyes, and then that ability to interact with it is, is really, really interesting. And, um, you know, you can see what they see and hear what they hear. And I think it's it's interesting, like, it's like it's not a, a passive experience with watching the broadcast, which I think has a lot of possibilities. Well, speaking of the interactive nature of it, uh, a, a bunch of our Periscope uh, uh, viewers are asking, you know, what is the the data being consumed, uh, you know, over a, an hour, for example? That is a good question. I'm actually not sure. Uh, I would have to check into that for you. I'm not sure exactly what the, what the data usage on it is. Yeah, I think uh, from what I read online, it's anywhere from 250 to 350 megabytes, which is not bad. You know, in the studio here, we've got this thing hooked up to Wi-Fi, so it's uh, working quite yeah. well. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. Um, the thing I like about Periscope, it's kind of like being a fly on the wall and just like teleporting, as uh, as Christopher was saying. Do you guys have any like chance of uh, or considering monetizing Periscope in the near future? It's a, it's a good question. I think that, um, you know, there's been a lot of sort of new announcements uh, recently uh, on some Twitter, interesting product that is going to be coming down the road. And a lot of it with, like, if your imagination were to run wild, you could imagine how potentially this stuff could be monetized. I think right now it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing product that's rolling out. And I think as people get more comfortable with it, you're going to kind of see the possibilities of it. I think, you know, our job on the media partnership side is to ensure that all of our partners are, um, you know, kind of getting the most out of it and have access to the latest sort of best practices. And, you know, we work uh, we work through some really interesting things with them. But um, I'm certain that, uh, you know, down the road, I mean, when you look at kind of the business that Twitter has become, and, um, you know, you can, the possibilities, again, are limitless. Any tips for our uh, listeners out there that want to get into Periscope and, you know, get more uh, followers on board? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, one of the great things about it is just with the tap of a button, you guys know you can you can promote your broadcast to your Twitter followers. And what we're seeing sort of emerging early on is that um, people are, you know, pre-promoting their broadcast, right, just uh, in a way that a television broadcaster would let you know what time they're going to be on the air with a certain show or broadcast. Uh, pre-promotion has become really important. So we're seeing partners do that. And it's the same, would do the same for individuals too, to let people know when you're going to be somewhere or that you're going to be live so that they can join. Uh, I know just another tip I've had uh, found from using it on my own is that, you know, give people uh, a little bit of time to jump onto the broadcast before you start in. Um, the other thing we've seen too is um, what you can do is you can actually save it, save the broadcast to your camera roll mm-hmm. and then you could tweet it out later Um to a, to a wider audience, which is really interesting. And then um, we all, we're also suggesting, you know, as you're sort of narrating your um, your broadcast, make sure that you're, uh, if you can, sort of read back some of the questions that are coming in if you're doing a Q&A so that in another context, if it's playing with the chat comments, people can understand what you're, what you're referencing and what you're, uh, what you're answering. 
Just a few tips, I guess. No, that's awesome, Christopher. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And obviously, people can download the Periscope app uh, for their Android and uh, iOS devices. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just launched recently on Android as well as on iOS. And uh, we encourage everyone to, to go and get it today and try it out. That was Christopher Doyle, Director of Media Partnerships over at Twitter, talking about Periscope, an awesome little uh, app that lets you live stream uh, video from no matter where you are, as long as you've got uh, uh, data or Wi-Fi connection. We're going to take a few calls when we come back from the break, going general open line here on uh, Get Connected, 604-280-9898. Long distance, 1-877-399-9898. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Andy here in studio. Don't forget to watch uh, Andy on Global News, Morning News, uh, this Monday. I'm going to be out of town, so you're uh, going to cover me there. Yes. What are you talking about? 8.20 in the morning. Uh, that theme song you just listened to for the Get Connected, uh, I guess, our theme song, I'm going to show how I made it uh, using a computer, a little drum machine, and a mini keyboard. Three little pieces of gear, and uh, you can make professional music with that. And so uh, I've been... So you can teach Steve Darling how to do this. <laughs> exactly. I'll get him on the drum machine. I'll get him to like make some uh, drum beats or something like that while I play the keyboard. It should be fine. Uh, we open up the phone lines. Haven't got much time here for calls today, but we've uh, got Tom in Kelowna. How you doing, Tom? Morning, guys. Morning. Um, I'm a retired senior, and I got a Samsung smartphone. And what I do is I download podcasts yeah. and music, and, uh, and I listen on my Bluetooth headphones. But as I go around, I put the thing in my, my radio, my phone, in my shirt pocket, and things get accidentally bumped, and so it, uh, it loses its setting. Is there an app where I can go back to where it last uh, stopped playing, or even some, another app to lock the screen so nothing changes until you unlock the screen? That's a great question. What uh, app are you using now to listen to them? It's the one that came with the the Galaxy. Uh, it's called Tunes or Music or something like that. Yeah, Andy, do you have uh, an app? You're an Android guy. Yes. Uh, I use iTunes on iOS yeah. on my iPhone. Uh, there's a great app for, for Android, so it works on your Samsung device. It's called Pod Kicker, and it's a podcast app where you can subscribe to a different podcast. And what's great about it is you can turn your phone off, so basically the screen's not working, and it will still play. And another great feature about this is it will continue where you last left off on any of your podcasts. So you'll never miss it. You don't have to rewind or anything like that. It'll just kind of keep you kind of like how Netflix does. Same, same kind of thing. Uh, and you can subscribe to a number of different podcasts. And it's called Pod Kicker, P-O-D-K-I-C-K-E-R. You had to think about that. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spelled something in a long time. <laughs> Well, it looks like we're going to have to head over to another break because after that, we will have Christina on to tell us her app of the week. Hopefully, it's better than Podkicker. (laughs) Even more exciting. Podkicker's pretty good, though. Uh, I know. No pressure. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. It's that time of the week. App of the week with Christina Stoyanova in studio with us. How you doing? Pretty good, Mike. How about you? Good. What do we got up? I have an app for ios that's called clips clips yes it's a video editor oh cool and how do you spell that c-l-i-p-s sorry i thought maybe there's like a z in there or something no it's no it's really just clips okay so it's a a video editor yeah so you can actually uh take video on your phone or import video from other sources and then you can edit it 
together and put music over it or voiceover if you want. Um, and you can do things like slow motion and fast fast motion, I guess. <laughs> fast motion, speed it up. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool. Well, I mean, I mean that's the big thing. You know, we, we're periscoping or live streaming our, uh, our, our radio show here via video. Um, but, you know, all these cameras now that are built into smartphones are high-definition video. Like, it's amazing quality you can get. So uh, you can actually do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. And this actually supports HD video. So it's pretty cool. You can rearrange clips into, uh, you know, like a montage of some sort, add music, whatever you want. So these uh, for budding uh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty cool that you can do this all on your phone. I mean, we've been able to do it on our PCs for a long time, but you know, it's nice to have that functionality right in your fingertips. And so once they're done, can you share them uh, up on social media? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So are you making your own movies now? Oh, all the time. With Andy? Bicycling along the seawall? <laughs> can Andy ride a bike? I don't picture you riding a bike. Oh, I can ride. Oh, can you? Okay, sorry. <laughs> and how much is the uh, the app? This one's free. It's free. Yeah. So this one's for iOS. I'm sure there's an equivalent for Android as well. Very, very cool. I don't know if you saw this, Christina, this uh, article. Uh, this university in Utah um, is actually creating uh, texting lanes on their stairwells. So, you know what? I think that is brilliant. Is it? Well, yeah. So, I mean, they've got three lanes, uh, one for walking, the middle one's for running, and the right-hand side one's for texting, kids that are texting as they're moving along. Yeah, because you're so slow when you're texting. It's something that frustrates me on the streets of Vancouver every single day. But should people even be doing that? No. I, I've done that before. I've run into a bus pole, and then I, I decided that maybe I should watch where the hell I'm going. Yeah, well, you're the worst distracted texter I've ever seen in my life. But I get worried about these people that are texting going across streets, like on crosswalks and stuff. Like, that's kind of a dangerous thing. Yeah, that's actually happened to me here in Vancouver on a rainy night when yeah. it was dark. Someone who was looking at their phone and didn't even look up to see that I was there. That's terrifying. I mean, I saw her, but what if I hadn't? Yeah, that could have been uh, anyone coming along. Um, you know, from what I understand, uh, I think it was more kind of tongue-in-cheek, the Utah Valley University um, did this here. And there was actually uh, a couple places in Europe as well. Uh, this one company um, put a, a texting lane on a, a walkway, pedestrian way, just to kind of generate some PR as well. So, I mean, is this the future? Texting lanes on our sidewalks? Well, if anything, at least it'll get people aware that, hey, you're slowing things down if you're texting. You know, we have bike lanes here in Vancouver. Do you think maybe Gregor Robertson might put a texting lane around the seawall? Maybe he will, Mike. <laughs> maybe he's listening and taking your suggestion right now. No, he's probably just shaking his head. I'm not listening to that show again. Um, you know, I was talking to Jill Bennett about this uh, on her show this morning. Uh, there's apps that you can get that uh, basically uh, use your camera on your smartphone. So it, on your on your phone as you're texting, you can actually see what's going on in front of you. So you don't have to look up anymore because the camera's helping you. Okay, I feel like we're headed in a really bad direction if these are the types of apps that we need to be creating for people. I think so. That was I Chris love my phone, but get off it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Want to uh, check out our contest again? We're giving away a Roku, Roku 3 
streaming boxes a great father's day uh gift idea if you haven't uh, picked something up uh yet i think under 100 bucks and uh your dad can uh, watch all sorts of uh internet channels including netflix and this particular prize comes with a one-year netflix subscription how cool is that all you have to do to enter to win is uh, hit our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. We've got a contest page uh, up there, and we've always got great contests going on on a weekly basis, so you've got to really uh, check it out. Looks like that's all the time we have left. I want to thank everyone uh, that helps put the show together. Andy uh, Barrar, my uh, co-host, of course, Christina uh, with uh, App of the Week, and Kenji on the controls, uh, who keeps us all together. Mike, Annie, Christina logging off. We will see you again next time.